warms my heart to open a can. I see that and raise you a... Oh, do you know what I was going to say? I think it's. I think the bottle's letting us down and then it did that little yeah. snap at the end. It Just... knew. This week's episode is not sponsored by the Coca-Cola company, but by sheer coincidence, I'm drinking a cold can of Multipack Coke Zero. And I'm drinking a cold bottle of vanilla Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Does it taste of vanilla? Yeah. What do they do? What do they do for that? No, but I'll give it a whiff. Yeah, I can smell it. What do they do for that? Because it's sort of like beaver ass. Ah, beaver ass. Beaver's back beaver. True. The beaver's back beaver. I'm not surprised. That's what synthetic vanilla. That's what non-natural vanilla is. Vanilla flavoring is is like beaver's anal glands. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We're a horrible uh, species, really, aren't we? Well, because if we farmed real vanilla. Yeah. In the um, quantities that is demanded by the food industry, mm-hmm. because of the way vanilla as a plant works, we would wipe out the world supply in about two weeks. Wow. It's a very difficult to maintain and grow plant. It's it's a quite a finicky little thing, is vanilla. So what you're saying is, when they've mastered that thing where they've broken down the DNA uh, structure of beef and pork as, as a... As a substance yes and they've cloned it to the point where we don't need to uh i mean we don't need to anyway but you know like the, the where there's no need there's no need to ever kill an animal for food ever again because what you will be eating that will be sold to you will genetically be the same thing but nothing was killed to get it to your to your plate listen the misery just really seasons the meat <laughs> true what you're saying is the second phase of that should be DNA cloning vanilla extract and vanilla plants and whatnot so that we don't have to politely, I hope, ask the beavers to just squirrel a little vanilla topping. <laughs> Stick with the beaver ass. It's working so far. <laughs> for anyone who's uh, listening to this podcast for the first time this week, yeah, it's pretty much like this. Welcome to Big Dumb Cast, nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff stuff happens. Be- beaver's anal glands. Beaver's anal glands. A beaver's back beaver. <laughs> <laughs> what have I gotten myself into, he said. To the beaver. The beaver to said. The beaver. <laughs> well, uh, uh, close up of the beaver. Well, you're probably wondering how I got into yeah, this situation. Well. <laughs> well, um, I was thinking about that the other day, the, the, the cloned meat thing. Because it's, yes. it's, it's an incredible idea. And obviously they're well into the stages of how it could work now. We saw some stuff last year, didn't we? Is of like, it an of like, a, like a steak and everything. Yeah, because if they crack that, that's like that's like famine solved. Well, no. No, Co- it's not corporate Corporate no, greedy capitalism not. would stop it from ever being a thing. But like, if you could get to the point where you create it on that level, that's amazing. Like that... That's fucking phenomenal. Like, hey, we're going to make meat and it won't come from anything sentient and nothing has to die for it to happen. And we've cracked it and it's... Like, all the people who complain about it and go, ooh, but it's just grown in a lab. Yeah, but didn't you always love it when, like... Oh, in Harry Potter, the fucking... The the beans taste like a steak. Or in Willy Wonka where they're like, mm, no, it's like a roast dinner and they're chewing gum. Like, you never had an issue with that. So... 
you're happy drinking anal glands in your Coca-Cola, everybody. I am, I am. Um, but you know what happened, though? What's that? Real meat had become a proper black market item, wouldn't it? Ah, I see you've read Chew. I haven't actually, but I've got it. I've got <laughs> I've got volume one. I should probably dive into that. Uh, anyway, yeah, see, that's a comic. We're back to pop culture. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, I am... I am... Uh, Chris, things just got out of hand. Johnson. And I am screaming. I am crying. But that's just my average uh, evening. Funnily enough, that was what the beaver was saying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Poor beaver. Um, but from beavers... To butt heads. Uh, oh, we're going to here we go. talk about some stuff. We've got the book here of Boba Fett finale to discuss at length. The spoilers ahead the for that. The book of Feet. We have <laughs> the book of Tatooin. Tatooin. The Daimyo. 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 The color of your jumper. Daimyo. 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 Everywhere. He dimes them there. He dimes them here. Then Boba Fett, he'll dime them from ear to ear. I um, find him anywhere. That damn elusive pimpernel. Um... <laughs> Uh, we're also uh, going to talk about Super Bowl trailers and trailers that snuck out or were shut out in the week since uh, we last yes, spoke to you it guys. Was the Super Bowl show this weekend. It was. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch the halftime show? I've not watched it yet. No. I really want to. Why would I? Because it's like Snoop, Eminem, Dre. It's a very specific part of like the musical landscape from when I was growing up yeah showing up it's a very specific part of the musical landscape from when I was growing up that I actively ignored it was the it was the part of the musical I landscape I don't have nostalgia for I that started period. to get into and then I the way you do in high school you sort of pick a pick a, a style you pick a side and I became a mosher and I sort yeah. of ignored all of that and now now I've gotten older and I've got like you know streaming software at my fingertips I'm like what was the deal with that album? And I'll listen to it and be like, okay, no, actually, this is really good and I like this. Or, this speaks to me. So I would like to watch that. But have you seen the opening shots of the uh, the, the, the Rams versus the um, other people? I've forgotten the other team now. Um, point is, they got Dwayne Johnson. The Rams and the, the they got, they got Dwayne the Rock Johnson to like, Dwayne intro the Rock? it. Dwayne's Rocks. Brock. Dwayne got his rocks out. Um, Did he now? And it's great because he turned up dressed as a, a traffic cone, a red traffic cone. Um, <laughs> but it made you realise that, holy shit, people who started out in, like, you know, wrestling entertainment really know how to hype a crowd even when it's got fuck all to do with them. Well, the good ones do, yeah. Well, true, yeah. Because <laughs> that's part of, that's the big part of what it is, isn't it? But it's amazing. He basically just bigs up both sides, like, introduces them, like, one of them is like a reigning champion thing, you know, like your LA Rams, and this and the other. The other one's this whole like narrative of the, the you know the underdogs who've fought for this position and they are going to hold on to that. He basically ends each intro with like this one is going to win. Straight down the barrel of the camera, you know there's no like autoprompter. He's just, he's just gone. I don't know what I'm going to say, and he's just gone out there and done it. And it's like, can he introduce? Every sports tournament from now on, because I'd yeah. be very happy with that. You should that. get him commentating the snooker. Yes! That would make it ten times more interesting for the first two minutes. Could you imagine? Just I can imagine it. Mm, and can you smell it? Yeah, I can smell it. Can you smell? Can you smell? What, The Rock? 
is about to hit with the cue ball. <laughs> um, he's a bit of a cue ball as well. Yeah, he, he, he briefly defended Joe Rogan the other week amidst all this stuff. And then when enough people pointed out to him, like, my dude, it, the racism alone. Come on. He was like, don't be daft. And then people were gone, here are the examples. He then put out a statement walking it back and be like, yeah, fair enough. Wasn't aware of this stuff. Thank you so much for letting me know, everybody. You grow and you learn. And it's like, sorry, did did someone did, did just... He was known for having, like, you know, sort of a charisma and this and the other, perceived perhaps did, to have a bit of an ego. Admit that he was wrong. Did someone just do a do an admission? That's amazing. Well done, dude. You know what else is amazing? Oh, oh, oh! Death. We lost someone. Um, the, I was going to say the <laughs> fine body of work of one Ivan Reitman now dearly departed at the age of 75. Uh, literally earlier today, the record, we're recording this on Valentine's Day because we are each other's greatest love, let's be honest. Speak for your fucking yeah, self. Matt just started looking at the door, <laughs> trying to figure out how to get out. He's going to touch me in ways I don't want. Emotionally, mm. with my finger. Mm. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to milk you for vanilla. Oh. <laughs> oh. I call this beaver bother. Hate it. I hate <laughs> it. You figure out how to escape it. It means you figured out how to beat beaver bother. Um, I hate so. it. Thank you. <laughs> Ivan Reitman. Um, brilliant director of, of mostly like comedic movies, comedy movies, comedy dramas. Uh, fine body of work, but for big nerds, especially like comedy nerds, there's quite a lot to pick from. Mm. Pop culture nerdy, geeky fellas and, and lasses and those without uh, specifics uh, may mostly know him for Ghostbusters, mm. uh, which is my wife's favourite movie. It's very good. It's a film that's a big part of a lot of people's childhoods. Anyone who's born in the 80s or 90s grew up with Ghostbusters in one form or another, be it the original movie or its sequel or the cartoons or just the action figures. It, it was a big deal for a lot of people and it still continues to be, so much so to the point where he recently produced uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, directed by his son, uh, Jason Reitman. Yep. Uh, Ivan was involved in a lot of the press around the release of that movie, seemingly in good health. He wasn't very old, either. he was 75, right? Yeah. Um, do we know, as of now, we didn't this morning, what uh, the cause of death died, was? He's feeling his sleep. So it was either expected or sudden, but everyone was there. Um, bit of a blow that especially because Afterlife has just come out on home media and, mm. and streaming and whatnot. and, it and is the so, film is very yeah. much a yeah a story, a story about learning to say goodbye <laughs> despite yes. faults and foibles uh, and it was a love letter made uh, part, at least in part as, as a love letter to the, uh, you know the late Harold Ramis yep um, from his friends, but of course Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman most of all. Uh, Ivan Reitman, of course, having worked with Harold on a load of projects over the years and yep. the formative years of their career. Um, so it's kind of... Uh, I mean, you know, a good storyteller has a great sense of dramatic timing. Yep. <laughs> and it's sort of like, oh, oh God, okay. Um, dude's gonna... Dude, dude to, to coin the phrase of another podcast that Regularly talks about Tinseltown stiffs. He will be missed. Like it's you know, it's 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 yeah shit that he's gone. But what a body of work. What a legacy. We've got stripes, mm-hmm. meatballs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Twins. Yes. 
Fuck, I forgot Twins was his. Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. yeah. Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Junior. Yes. Basically he's responsible for the majority of Arnold Schwarzenegger's comedic fare. Evolution. And that. I like Evolution. It's will, Ghostbusters 2.5. I will die on the I, Evolution e- Hill. Evolution and Small Soldiers are the... Oh, these are a sequel to those <gasps> things that aren't getting sequels of the 90s. They're both really good They as are. Well. Evolution's basically Ghostbusters again, mm. but with aliens. And, and Small Soldiers is Gremlins, but with toys. And they're made by the original filmmakers of those two respective um, franchises. Naira! Naira! <laughs> I think we have established the caca caca and tucky tucky don't work. What ever happened to Sean William Scott? I don't know, but he started showing up in um, banners on certain websites where it's like, why Hollywood won't hire Sean William Scott anymore? Which, of course, whenever you click on those things, as I'm sure we all have at least once, um, it's always like, here's what they did. Here was their career. Here's the peak of their fame. They were last in this. We don't know why that... Do you know what I mean? You're always like, oh, so there's not some kind of horrid thing has happened. Mm. It's just you wanted to click that article, you bastards. Um, Um, Joe William Scott's the one who pops up a lot now. If I look on Snapchat and stuff, he's, he's one of the ones that shows up. He has been working, like, as recently as 2019. Some people just have peak periods, like where they're they're, they're oh, yeah. you know, they're they're it they're the it thing for a few years, and then like every, you know Hollywood kind of settles a bit, and then they used a bit less, but they're still around, they still work. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. That was that that burst of films sort of in the two thousands where like Cedric the Entertainer was suddenly propelled from like a respected stand up to like being in a load of comedy movies, never as the main, always as a support. And then it just kind of stopped. But ever since, he's continued to work as a stand-up and produce stuff and write things and show up in bits and pieces on you know outside of the stage. It just, just happens. It just happens. We'll always have Bulletproof Monk. We'll always have Bulletproof Monk. That was a film. <laughs> Is that Chow Yun Fat? Yeah, Chow Yun Fat. Chow Yun Fat, sorry. Yes, oh my God. I'll chew your fat. So I'm still thinking of Chew. <laughs> Um, what the fuck are we talking about, Chris? Well, we're talking about trailers right All now. All right, cool, cool. Last week, the cool. world shut out the it trailer for sh- a film that, them. according to the trailer, the film is called Circle Picture of the Silhouette of a Dinosaur Skeleton, mm. because the title doesn't appear in the trailer at any point, mm. Mm. but Jurassic World Dominion released its first trailer. Like, oh no, wait, this one I haven't seen. Ah, well. Right, live well, watching. I'll, I'll, live I'll, watching. I'll, I'll tell you the basics. That all all right. you need to know now. No, Sonny we'll Jim. do a live watching now. We'll oh, we're going to do a live we'll watching. Do. We'll do. We'll oh, do God. live watching. Oh, Jurassic God. Park Dominion. <laughs> Jurassic World, Jurassic World Dominion. Dominion. Jurassic, Jurassic World Dominion. Jurassic Universal Pictures. Tits. Universal Tits. Universal Pictures. Big Dinosaur Tits. Jurassic World Dominion. Here I want you to go. describe what you're seeing. We've got we've got the 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 Pachycephalosauruses being chased by people on horseback. Over whose voiceover? Whose voiceover are they using? Whose voiceover? Whose voice are they repurposing? Oh, it's bloody Attenborough. It's, it's Richard Attenborough. Chris Pratt looking all Pratt-like. Look, oh, it's Brontosaurus somewhere. Is that Clongo? Uh, she's in the trailer. I don't know if that's yeah. her. Um, there's a Brontosaurus in the snow somewhere. Oh, look, it's Raptors. Blue the Raptor and Baby, Baby Blue. Blue. Because they got to sell baby toys, blue, I guess. Yeah, Baby Blue the Raptor running, 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 running. It's like. Yeah, they'd all be dead now. <laughs> they would all be dead. Oh, it's the Universal logo, ice. but it's in amber. We can't keep her here oh, look, Chris Pratt's doing the hand thing again. 
Yeah, that is Clone Girl. Clone Girl's there, and Owen Grady. No, Owen Grady, and nothing of a character, and Claire, a slightly more interesting of a character because Bryce Dallas Howard's like got a bit of natural charisma that just shines through no matter the role. T Rex are driving, driving. the most charisma anyone's ever gonna have. Laura Dern, Sam Neill out of retirement. Sam Neill looking amazing for a seventy-one-year-old. Sam Neill, the mm. Sam Neill, the alpaca and goat farmer. I love Sam Neill. <laughs> I love him a bit. For those who don't know, Sam Neill has retired from acting. He just pops up in things every now and again, like for Friends. So this is a big deal. Nice bit of underwater tension, tension, which is good. Oh, Dominion! He said Dominion. Oh, yeah, we got we got the evil Doctor Man back. Henry again. Wu. Henry Wu. Um, we got a rooftop Raptor chase. We have dinosaurs with feathers. Dinosaurs with feathers. Scientifically accurate dinosaurs. The conclude the epic conclusion of the Jurassic era. Laura Durney's wearing a top that's tied around the waist again. Yep, Sam Neill. If you look at uh, any picture of them from this, they're wearing different different shades of the colours that they're famous for wearing in Jurassic Park. They're wearing their Jurassic Park outfits. Um. It's an it's an alien. It's, it's, it's an alien. No, no it's, it's a dinosaur. It's a big terror. It's, it's a, a dinosaur. Oh, it's look. That looks that looks really good. That, that looks dope. dope. That looks that dope. looks dope. That looks dope. That looks terrifying. Dilophosaurus. And that looks unless it's a new dinosaur, it looks a little bit like the Indominus from the first one. So like, I guess there's more genetic. Tampering out there, yeah, I suppose. Uh, and then no title, just Jurassic Park World, lo- Jurassic Park slash World logo in amber. Jurassic, I mean, yeah, all right, whatever. It, uh, do you know? Isn't it weird? I'll see it. Isn't I it guess. weird that we're in a world where we see a trailer for a Jurassic Park movie and we go, "Yeah, sure." Like, there's a couple of bits in that that look as set pieces really. Good. The thing that's got me to want to go and see that is how exciting some of the set pieces look, and I don't, yeah. I don't mean the motorcycle chase through the like European town like I feel like we've I know I've not seen it through a town and stuff but I feel like we've seen that before like that doesn't feel dinosaur specific yeah even though the fun of this is the dinosaurs out of the real world and we know from that short film that Colin Trevorrow put out a couple of yeah. years ago that that is going to be the most interesting hook of this movie yeah. is it's like the dinos are in civilization now do we round them up do we find a way to live with them do they just stay away from us and it becomes a thing of they just live out there and you know in, in wildlands like what's about to happen the cat is out of the bag the shot of a T-Rex at a driving movie looks brilliant yeah that is a good looks movie. really cool and it, it sort of makes you realise that oh yeah the end of Lost World would have been fun if that was the premise of the film and not mm. just a random 25 minute fourth act on top of the film's third act um why did he eat the dog um I'm not seeing many practical effect shots in that trailer. That no, makes me sad. That does make me sad. But I think that Dilophosaurus might have been practical. Very likely. So, something about the the frills. Scary bastard! How the hell yeah. are we going to get out of that situation? Well, it's right in front of the face. Who could say? Um, it's obviously just posturing. You the Dilophosaurus is just posturing at this point. You know, our question, I burning question, I want answered. Oh, is Alan Grant still having recurring dreams in which he gets talked to by raptors? Alan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I, I like Jurassic Park 3 a lot more than The Lost World and I'm going to say that and that's the thing that I've said and that's true The Lost World's best qualities you know what I'm going to say are this are 
two, uh, three sequences. The first yeah. time you meet the bounty hunters, yeah. the poachers, yeah. because it's really horrible to watch. Yeah. Because they're mostly attacking herbivores. And Pete Postlethwaite, um, you know, God bless his, God rest his soul, is so deliciously prickish in that movie. He's such he a twat. Cracking He's so good in that film. He's so horrible in oh, that film. And I saw that film, was in 97? So I would have seen that when I was six or seven. Yeah. I saw it when it came to video, so it would have been about seven. And um, that was the first thing I'd ever seen him in. Mm. Uh, I didn't realise I'd been listening to his voice in James and the Giant Peach for ages. But <laughs> um, So when I saw him in another thing, whatever the next thing was, I saw him in, I hated him. Because he was so horrible in Jurassic Park. Jurassic- he was so horrible in The Lost World. Um... And yeah, I, it, oh god! If you've never if you've never seen, dear listener, in the name of the Father, fucking hell, give that a watch. Mm. It's uh, him and Daniel Day Lewis acting their balls off. Mm, it's just so yeah, good. Their balls literally come <laughs> off. You physically see it. Uh, and also his opening narration to James the Giant Peach, who talks about the giant rhinoceros came down. And my favorite ever pronunciation of the phrase and. Doubled him up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so like very Pete Postlethwaite the way he sort of his mouth is round the words, but um, yeah, the the poaching scene, the scene with the trailer falling off the edge of the cliff, yeah, and that like, there's a dinosaur is the reason why that happens, mm. but dinosaurs are barely involved in that sequence, and it's one of the tensest like sequences I've ever seen in a, in a film. True. It's really scary and tense. Very true. Um, and it's got the best scene transition in a movie ever made, which is the prologue. Where the the compies are attacking the young girl, yeah, and the mum runs over on the beach, and we obviously off screen we don't see it, but is clearly seeing her daughter like dead and being chewed by dinosaurs, and she just screams, and it's this hor- horrified high pitched scream that then is blended into the sound of a screeching train in the subway, yeah, as it cuts to Goldblum as Ian Malcolm. In the subway, in front of a poster of a tropical island like the one we were just on, and he's yawning. So, like visually, the scream cuts to a yawn, and audibly, the scream turns into the screech of the train, and it's just one of the like slickest cuts ever. In a, it's so brilliant. Like I sound like fucking Patrick H. Willems explaining it to his mum and dad. And it's not as good as Jurassic Park three, though, is it? But that's the thing. No, but Jurassic Park three doesn't have a transition as good as that. No, but it but it does have. What's the name of the kid in Jurassic Park three? I don't know. Kid, Jurassic Park three kid. Oh, you love Jurassic Park three. What's the name of the kid who goes no, missing? What's the name of the kid know. who's the impetus for the whole plot? Listen, it's got a satellite phone and a pile of dinosaur shit. What's not to like? What's the next trailer? What's the next trailer? Um, that's us saying we like those actors, but bringing those three back is not the reason why this film looks exciting. Triceratops knocking over jeeps in that the looks dark right. looks really cool. That was dope. Um, and please, dear God, be the last one. It does say the epic conclusion. Yeah, but we've been well. Instead of an epic, should we focus on a legend? Yes, a legend that begins, which is the most redundant phrase ever. Because a legend is something that stood the test of time and has been passed down. You can't be like, the legend begins. Yeah, it begins before it's a legend, doesn't it? It becomes a legend after the fact. Yeah, but don't call... Exactly. You can't call something a legend going into it. Well, you can if you look when I from Retro Rap. But when it's a brand new story pulled out of your arse, like Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. I don't know if it is, though. I don't know if it is a brand new story. Can we stop on that title? Yeah, no. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. That's... 
irritating thing to say out The loud. Lord of the Rings of Power. Please, why not just call it that? Because it's not makes sense, does it? Or call it Middle Earth, the Rings of Power. I, I I feel like they're going to refer to it as the Rings of Power almost exclusively. I fucking know. I think the only reason it's called the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. It's so people know what it is. people know what it is. Yeah. But it's like... <sighs> so this is uh, Jeff Bezos's fantasy project. I mean, Jeff Bezos's wishlist project. I mean... Jeff Bezos's other wishlist fantasy project. Jeff Bezos turned around to Amazon Studios and went... I want to do Lord of the Rings. They were like, those already exist. He was like, can we remake them? And they went, we probably shouldn't do that. And he went, should we do a prequel? And they went, what, The Hobbit? And he went, a different prequel? And they went, yeah, right. And they looked at the Silmarillion and a few of the bits and pieces of expanded Tolkien lore. I mean, you say a few of the bits and pieces, there's shit tons to pull from. And they've gone, should we create a story? Do we know what the story is? Do we fuck? But it, we know that it is set between the period... Of the rings of power being created, like we might start just I before that. I think it's that. set before them being forged, actually. But it's it's long before the rise of Sauron. It's, it's and, very and early on in the timeline because yeah. th- that teaser pic they showed showed the trees of Valinor, which was literally two trees that they had instead of the sun. Yeah, and that's the that's that's first age shit right there. Mm. Sunshine. So. I find this so weird. Do you know why I'm not remotely excited about this as a concept? Because you don't like Lord of the Rings that much. I fucking... Movies? <laughs> I fucking adore that trilogy. Yeah. Books? I love The Hobbit. Exactly. I read Two Towers and Return of the King. Exactly. I could see why people love the books. Exactly. Didn't do it for me. And yet, The Hobbit did. So I think... What's well, because The Hobbit doesn't have the sort of same sort of... The Hobbit, the Hobbit is written is, to keep yeah, the attention yeah, of the kids exactly. you're supposed to read it to. Whereas Lord of the Rings is meant to be a... Are the children in bed? <laughs> All right. right. Pick up your Lord of the Pick Rings Pick up your book. Lord of the Rings textbook. And it's like, yeah, but it's, it's 11 at night, J.R.R. I want to... I want to read a little bit of something, something before I go to bed and you're giving me a fucking essay to just kind of dive into, my man. Like, what is this? It's like almost Stephen King levels of unnecessary detail for tiny things. Yeah, you think the Lord of the Rings is like that. You should read the Silmarillion. really. I looked I looked at the blurb on the back of it once and went... No, right. It's not even yeah. that long. It's no, just so dense. It's just dense as fuck. It's so dense. It's like the book could be the size of a small coaster, but he's managed to fit a fucking forest into it. It's a very, very dense book in which some very, very cool things happen and are immediately glossed over. Yeah. Because he's bored. Moving on. Walk. Walk. Well, be, walk. It, oh, <laughs> fuck back to. Forget the fuck back to Azkaban. Um, <laughs> Attacked it's... by Tweez. <laughs> I'm referencing a song by the comedy musician Tom Cardi. I did um, not just say that Azkaban was a location in to- J.R.R. Tolkien's work. It's a comedy song. Go, um, go watch it. It's funny. So the thing is, is that a lot of... <laughs> Sorry. Can we carry on? No, yes. No, okay. Uh, the thing is, is that a lot of Tolkien's material is like scattered notes that have then later been collated into a like cohesive narrative vaguely and then different versions of the same story (laughs) that go so you've actually got in a way as a basis for an ongoing tv series it's actually quite fertile ground Mm. um and (laughs) please describe more and it looks bloody good whether it will be good or not i don't know but it should look good when the budget is millions of dollars per episode and i think that's one of the other things that's got me uh, the cynic my cynical head isn't coming off because i'm like 
So you want a Game of Thrones for Amazon. You're still... The pop culture landscape is still chasing something that, like... I don't think they do want a Game of Thrones for Amazon. They want a Lord of the Rings for Amazon. True. But also, what's Game of Thrones doing currently as a franchise outside of the books? A prequel series (laughs) coming to HBO and HBO Max. What's the thing with prequel series? like, a thousand years before and all this stuff, like... Well, again, that's that's because... George R. R. Martin has cribbed so much from J.R.R.R. Tolkien, including his middle initials. Um, so that's why. That's why. That's why the, the, the source material is similarly derivative. So of course the adaptations are going to be similarly derivative. You're a Tol- you're a Tolkien man. I'm a Tolkien man. Who from the previous adaptations of his work? Because. Visually as well, it looks like this series is using the yeah. mov- the movies as its setting. This is set in the same world of the films of the Hol- the Hobbit trilogy and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It seems to be well. It was filmed in New Zealand, and Howard Shaw's composing for it. Yeah, of course, so. it was filmed in New Zealand because the Hobbit trilogy fucking decimated the filming. Um, Season two is not there. being filmed in New Zealand. No, it is not. Um, um, so there is that. But uh, like based on the like, there's a dwarven character, and it's like that's the same sort of design as we've seen in like yeah. the Hobbit, and we see a Although couple the, of the locations. I'll be the in, dwarven in princess in it is does not have a beard. Oh, they chickened out. They chickened out, bastards. Mm. Um, but uh, which is, I mean, actually, hang on, no, that is an established fact in the movies, even. Does That's it established though? in Fellowship of the Ring. Does it really matter? Yes, it's not it does. Established in Fellowship of the Ring. It's oh, is actually it two towers? mentioned offhand as a joke in the Two Towers, and then the Hobbit trilogy confirms it. But I don't believe the books I'm mention them. Sure, having they bits. talked about it. Um, they may talk about the it Mines of Moria. No, they talk about it in Two Towers. Yeah. In the extended version of Two Towers. Well, I'm going to have to go back and watch them all. I've just found an excuse. They don't talk about the dwarven men having beards in in Fellowship. It's a it's a. Can I have beards of, in Fellowship? It's an offhanded gag line from Gimli. Actually, from Aragorn. Oh, God. <sighs> because we are so alike in voice and appearance, this is middle to believe that there are no dwarf women. And then Aragorn goes, It's the beards. Right. So why does she have a bit? Anyway, point is. Yeah. And um, they do in The Hobbit. Like. Are there any characters that could be alive in this time period? There are. That we know from Two others? of them are in the trailer. Are they? Yeah. Whomst? Um, Gladriel. Right. That's Morphy Clark. So... Okay, right, I did not know that. So Gladriel's like 3,000 years old, as is Elrond, who is also in this trailer. Now, yes, I can picture who that is based on who we see briefly. He's the guy who played young... Oh, you won't know. No, sir. You watch Game of Thrones, (laughs) did you? He's the guy who played young um, Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. They're not chasing Game of Thrones, let's cast someone from Game of Thrones. I mean... To be fair, every British actor was in Game of Thrones... To the point where Kevin Eldon was in it twice. Yeah. As two like, different characters. So just, what are you going to fucking do? Um, um, so. Let me have a look at is, some characters. Is, is, is Mr. The Grey alive or is this way before his time? Uh, if he is around, he won't be called Gandalf. Ah, I can tell he'd you that be much. called. Mithrande. That's his proper elvish name. Translated to modern English is Steve. Steve. Stephen. Yeah. Uh, toast. Uh, Stephen so, um, Gandalf toast. Stephen <laughs> Gandalf. Well, well, well. Uh, Rings of Power. Didn't expect that, did you? Rings yeah. of Power. Let, let's have a look at the cast list we've got. Yeah, so Morphid Clark is Gladriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin Walker is High King Gilgalad, who is very briefly in the Fellowship of the Ring in like one shot because his role was cut even for the extended editions. Uh, Robert Aramayo is. Um, 
Elrond. Mm-hmm. Obviously, younger Elrond. Um, do, 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 do. And then the, most of the other characters... Yeah, like Charles Edwards is playing Keller Brimbor. Keller Brimbor, it doesn't actually get mentioned. He, he's the guy who forged the rings. Yes. But he doesn't actually turn up in the movies. No, he's... I guess, I guess this is now going to um, put the continuity, even though it was never solid, of the Middle-Earth games into question as well. Well, the, fir- the first one's clearly set in the film universe yeah, based the on second, the designs. And then the, the second, second one, one just goes off on its own fucking tangent. Sexy Shelob. And, yeah. and even the spider Shelob looks nothing like Shelob looks in Return of the King. Um, and yeah, what we've got the other... Got that got... Gollum game coming up later this year as well. Yeah. That's like not set in the book. So not set in the films, but is using the film's kind of visual style. Mm. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, those are the those are the, the three that jump out. Um, mm-hmm. There is a character called Asildor in this. It's not the same Asildor who took the ring after the at the end of the Second Age after the fall of Sauron, because he was named after someone else. There's a lot of that in Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Like King Durin the Fourth is a character in this series, which of course is not the same as the other Durins later on in Dwarvish lineage because they use the same names over and over again mm-hmm. like if you go back into middle earth history to like the first and second age there are boromirs there are aragons like they they've used those names before yeah it would be um, weird if everyone had a completely unique yeah. name there are elendils and stuff like yeah it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it looks expensive that's my summation it does look expensive I'm I'm intrigued. Well, if you got the money, shoot for the moon. Speaking of moons, uh, Matt's gonna have to take a swig of his uh, anal gland juice to get over that. During the superb owl, there was a. <laughs> you right there? You okay there? I fucking hate you. <laughs> he nearly spat his anal juice everywhere. Uh, during the superb owl. Um, we, uh, we got a new TV spot for Moon Knight. Moon Nugget! And everything we have to say about it can be summed up in the next 10 seconds. Some new shots. Um, there's a bit where you see him throwing a freaking, you know, little moonerang. Uh, you see the costume in full properly in one of these trailers for the first time. Like, full on look at him, look at him, look at his bandaged self. He looks really fucking cool. Um, Oscar Isaacs is damn fine. Hmm. Damn, he is. Next! It looks it looks good. It looks real good. Can't wait. We now know that it's got basically the equivalent of a 12A rating as yeah. well. So they're going to yeah. keep it as violent as they can, but, you know, it's not going to be Netflix levels. Speaking of, we'll keep you posted if we learn anything new, but all the MCU Netflix shows, Punisher, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Defenders, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, all recently have started displaying, when you watch them, a... Leaves the uh, leaves Netflix on March the first in the top left hand corner. Bye. Whether or not that means they're about to be replatformed or not, there's yet to be announced. But he's hoping that due to the rights deal coming to an end, the distributor will become Disney Plus and they will be put on the Star um, portion of Disney Plus. Oh, they're certainly about to be deplatformed. Ah! Ah! Doctor Strange. Um, oh 
oh, oh, does it? Oh, oh, this is take. This is what I get up in the morning for. <laughs> the superb owl debuted a TV oh, spot that said, "Go to the fucking YouTube oh, channel and watch the Doctor Strange trailer." Yes. Everyone went to YouTube to watch the Doctor Strange trailer. Yes. My God. Thing. Spoilers for this trailer, which I know sounds weird to say, but there are things in this trailer that <sighs> um, definitely tease the brain hole. So uh, go movie. pause this if you can. Go watch the two plus minute trailer online, and then come back listen to this if you haven't already. I want it in my eyes. So we know that Strange is meddling with magics beyond his comprehension, which seems to be the ending of Spider-Man: No Way Home, with him trying to tie the multiverse. Multiversal splinter back together. Yeah, it seems like even despite him managing to fix fix the problem in No Way Home, is the, the problem is not a hundred percent fixed. Yeah, he's fixed what he can. Yeah, all the Peter Parker issue is dealt with. But the cat is out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. The the, the Schrodinger's cat is out of is in slash out slash both slash is the, the bag. bag. It is, it is the, bag. the bag. Um... <laughs> You open the bag to get to the cat, and you hear the bag go, uh, yeah. and you realise, oh no! Um, is the cat is the box made of cat, or is the cat made of box? Um, <laughs> um, what? Stuff is starting to come through. Namely because of, we can assume, America Chavez, mm. who is in this front and centre. Um, well, usually she's just like off to the left. <laughs> um... I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. I looked up the actor's name before because I wanted to get it right. Phonetically, it's very different from how it's spelt. So I'd by the time love film, to tell you. By the time the film know. comes out, we're gonna have to hammer that in so that we yeah, get it it's right. It's gonna be another simulu uh, situation, isn't it? But the difference here is, uh, as well, this actor is fifteen, so would have yeah. shot this movie whilst thirteen, fourteen. Doesn't look it. Making this probably the youngest like protagonist slash co-star of one of these movies. I guess. Yeah. Like, how old did the actor who played Sprite? You know what I mean? Like, we, we can't be... Leah McHugh, she was about, yeah, 12, 13, I think. Yeah. Ha- I mean, um, Ty Thingy playing Harvey, Harley, in um, Iron Man 3, he was quite young, and he obviously starred in, like, a whole act of the film, he was a co-star. Ty Burrell? No, he's been out here for ages, oh, mate. Ty Burrell. <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, America Chavez, for those who don't know, Miss, aka Miss America, although um, they're probably not going to do that in... Well, then again, they might. She borrows that name from like a golden age era superhero. Miss America she? Chavez. Yeah. Um, I believe is how Her power is to. she can hop through dimensions. Yeah. And punch shit in the face real good. Oh, yeah. Well, I wonder if she's going to get like proper fisticuffy rough and tumble like she is in the comics. Because in this, she appears to be a bit more of a kid sidekicky like oh all the bad shit's happening and you're gonna need to help me Doctor Strange if America Chavez isn't punching shit in the face real good she's not America Chavez do you think she maybe gets her powers in this because of the multiversal split no like she's the she's the accident and because she's jumping through dimensions it starts causing the rifts no I think she just could be a really cool character who jumps through the rifts fingers crossed she's got the cool jacket as well though she's got it looks like her costume is like the Young Avengers the Kieran Gillen era Young Avengers kind of look aged down a little bit because they don't have oh she's, don't have her, no, she's yeah. a kid but she's like, a kid so they don't have her in hot pants you know no, I mean? no, oh no no but I mean like she's yes. going for the, yeah. the jeans the shit kicking boots yeah. the blue jacket with the big star on the back and it's everything. a good look it's a good look. It's very cool. And it's one of those where it's like, hey, kids, do you want to be a superhero? You want to be a superhero like like uh, America Chavez? Don't even need a ridiculously expensive costume. You need a denim jacket and a big-ass star on the back. Um, 
But yes, we've got her. We've got uh, Wong as the Sorcerer Supreme. Finally getting a bit more of a distinct colourful outfit as well. He's in like yes. a purple and yellow robe. Um, Kamataj under attack from some kind of like... From a cloud! It's rising the Silver Surfer confirmed canon! <laughs> well, we know that that universe may as well be part of the multiverse at this point. Because, uh, let's get to the thing everyone wants us to talk about. Uh, In the middle of the trailer, the trailer whips its big old cock out on the table and goes, any objections? And the whole boardroom goes, nope! And then, before anyone at the end of the table can go, wait a minute, isn't that cock from the... They get zipped up and then they move on like it was no big thing. In the middle of the night! Patrick Stewart's in this movie. Oh. We see the back of his head, we hear his voice. Oh. No confirmation as to who he's playing, you don't see him full on, but it's I think we all have suspicions. Patrick Stewart's sonorous mm. tone. Unless they're about to Ralph Boner us into submission. Oh, I hope so. Well, I hope I hope not in this case. I like, hope it's I love the Ralph Boner fake out in WandaVision. I hope because it's it was the film it was it was the MCU going, we'll tease you with the idea of the multiverse. And then go, no, 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 that's just, no, no, no. I, and then Loki establishes it. Spider-Man, a what if, yeah. shows it off. Spider-Man shatters the, like, the the, 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 the safety barriers, glass between yeah. the MCU and the other universes. And this film's now following on. I think we're dealing with Charles Xavier. Maybe not the one from the X-Men films that we know. Maybe no, one from no, a different, no. different universe. It'll be a legally distinct uh, character from the one in the Fox. Well, uh, does we do own those now? Well... It, it's not going to be the same. But it would, it would suck if that Xavier was having multiversal adventures because that yeah, Xavier very not, much is yeah, not having. It's not going to be the same Xavier that or gets, is he? that dies in Logan. Ah well, ah well. They've since made a point that Logan is an alternate future. It's a different timeline, and the only events that have happened in Logan in that universe, similar to the others, are the events of the first couple of movies because they're the only ones that get referenced. This is true. So it's it not that Xavier. Would have been, <laughs> which is why Patrick Stewart's probably gone. Yeah, all right. I'll come back. All right. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch's head looks like a fanny. <laughs> <laughs> you look like an otter. And you smell like a beaver's anal glands. Um... Hmm. hmm, sweet vanilla. <laughs> Is that what you used to dye the streaks in your hair, Strange? <laughs> we see at least two Strange variants in the trailer. At least two. Well, three if you look at the TV spot. Odd, yeah. But they're all... Oh, God. Hey! But they're all Benedict. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You better give us at least one Strange that's not played by him. Yeah, Charles Xavier playing... <laughs> uh, Hello, I'm Stephen Strange. Is that all right? Fair enough. I'm the bald Strange. Okay. Maybe he's a council of Strangers. Council of Reed style. Well, you see, you, you tease us with Reed because at one point Strange is detained. Never take the dialogue in the trailer as a direct indicator of which scene it is. It seems like Mordo's handing him over to somewhere as an authority, but it might be a separate plot line. But he's handed over to somewhere, he's put in tech cuffs, he's shepherded around this big kind of like art gallery museum thing, which in the TV spot we see Christine is also there. Um... Rachel, Rachel McAdams with fiery ginger red hair. Mm. At first I didn't realise it was her because the hair was such a contrast like how I've seen her in other films. I was like, oh, oh shit. Um, but like he's put in tech cuffs. He's shepherded around by four Ultron slash Iron Man drones. 
which basically looked like the yeah. you know you know the blanket around the world thing from Age of yes. Ultron. Yes. This is what happens if he gets it right. Yes. So they're working for an Iron Man, possibly. And we're taken to a big old chamber where we, the audience, are cocktees with some Charles Xavier. Are we getting the MCU's take on the Illuminati? Is this a multi-dimensional Illuminati of, like, heads of dimensions, like the Guardians of the Multiverse in What If? Like, someone has put a few people who are, like, in charge of their shit from different dimensions together to... That someone being themselves. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> there, might be, there might be a hand guiding this into position, but we see at least four chairs, uh, maybe five, six, five or seven, based on how much has been obscured by Stephen in the foreground of the shot. Mm. There are a couple people sat down. There's a, a, f- a seemingly female figure uh, based on you know, hair and the shape of the chair and everything, and, and, and a couple male, like, sort of, you know, signified silhouettes. And someone walking in, can't quite tell um, who that is, but they're in like a, not, maybe not a robe, but a very long coat. Could be a long lab coat, maybe. You could be a long lab coat, maybe. So, yeah, for those who don't know, the Illuminati are a group of, oh, there's been a couple of them over, over the years now, but a group of like heads of different societies or seen as representatives of different sections of the Marvel Universe, uh, specifically within its solar system we're in and around earth and the surrounding distance um who showed up very briefly during if i remember correctly avengers disassembled and then brian michael bendis did a mini series about them that revealed that this is a group that have been operating quietly since like secret war the the first one with the beyonder and the battle world and everything um and the original lineup correct me if i'm wrong the original lineup was okay. comprised of Tony Stark. Yes. Uh, essentially, is like Avengers liaison, keeping on top of that stuff. Mm. Reed Richards as like the interdimensional representative, because he's the one who obviously go through multiverses and pocket universes and everything. Mm. Um, Black Bolt, King of Atalan, mm-hmm. head of the Inhumans. Um, Namor, King of uh, well uh, Atlantis, and like King of the Ocean and. At this point, not knowing that he's a mutant, but, you know, like, that was his whole bag. He's like, ah, oh, you surface dwellers, I must be involved in these conversations. Charles Xavier is a representative of mutant kind and obviously, like, the most powerful telepath on the planet. Yeah. And, um... Uh, was Black Panther in the original lineup? No, they asked Black Panther to be a part of it and he was like, don't do this. It's only going to end badly. So who am I missing? Oh, Doctor Strange! Yeah. Doctor Strange! Um... Is essentially, you know, the head, the, the, the master of the mystic arts. So, mm, the line given by Patrick Stewart's character, presumably Xavier, is maybe it's time we told him the truth. So, is this the MCU Stranger's induction into an Illuminati? Or his introduction to them? I don't know, because I. Or, or is it sort of vaguely Illuminati esque as sort of like a. You know, shortcut. We're, we're kind of going to do this, sort of, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because there's definitely strange variants in this, and maybe strange and him splitting the multiverse open is something that's happened in other realities as well. Mm. So he's sort of seen as, like, the nexus of all... <gasps> the nexus of all realities. No, that's a swamp in the Everglades. Well, it could be Wanda, because the only reference we've had to the nexus of all realities so far was in WandaVision. 
which ended with her trying to break through the multiverse to find an existence where her kids were alive. She need the, the Nexus Four realities needs a man thing to guard it. Well, wonder better grow trunk and get all green and mossy. Whoever then. knows fear burns at the touch of the man thing. The giant size man thing. Giant size man thing. <laughs> oh, my giant size man thing sold really well. <laughs> It's a mint condition as well. Mint condition. Oh, the staples at a weird angle though. Mm. Keep pricking my finger on it whenever I touch my giant sized man thing. Um, so, <laughs> um, it's really taking the resale value down. <laughs> we have Defender Strange. We've seen really briefly. We he, he's called so because an action figure's been released like way ahead of time. Um, and he's sort of in a vaguely new Avengers era outfit, the red and black outfit. Yep. He's got a little short and neater facial hair. We've got one with short, neat facial hair, his hair slicked back into a ponytail. I think that is Defender Strange. Well, he did. No, this one's in like a blue and yellow outfit with red trim. Um, who in the TV spot appears to be the same one that zombified at the end of yes. the trailer. Complete with like the multi-arm effect, yeah. but with like decaying black arms, like covered in, in sort of uh, burnt flesh. Um... And suddenly the big old credit at the start of the trailer that says from director Sam Raimi makes you go, oh yeah, no, I can see that. I can freaking see that. Um, the Spider-Man trilogy director and Evil Dead trilogy director returns to the world of superheroes using his horror background. Dark Man director. I am... Oh God, Dark Man. Drag me to hell. Drag me um, to hell's great. And some might say his most jarring and frightening piece of work, Oz the Great and Powerful. Um, <laughs> the Oldsmobile is in that movie like because of course oh god we're going to get the Oldsmobile somewhere in this movie Yeah. We'll for those who don't know Sam Raimi like hides his first car that he used in the filming of was it um, was it Cabin in the Woods and then Evil, Evil Dead, Dead yeah. when he remade it it wasn't called Cabin in the Woods it was something like that it's in the woods, in the woods. Uh, and then, and then um, Evil Dead uh, his first car his yellow Oldsmobile has showed up in all of his films sometimes in cameos sometimes in prominent roles uh, I mean, Sam, yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man just falls out of the sky. Uh, Spider-Man lovers, it's Uncle Ben's car, so it appears in like dream sequences and flashbacks in the sequels. Uncle Ben. It's in Oz the Great and Powerful. It's the centre of like a cart being driven through a village in the Emerald City, uh, the square in the Emerald City. So it's one of those where it's not obviously a, vi- a car, but if you look at it close enough, you can fucking see it. And it's like, God damn it, Sam Raimi! Because he was like, how am I going to put like a 1950s, 60s car into a film about a character taken out of like our world in the 20s? Well, I know, I'll just disguise it as something else, but it'll be in the film. Just like he disguised Bruce Campbell in that under massive prosthetics. <laughs> as a munchkin. Just like he described Bru- disguised Bruce Campbell as a human. <laughs> For so long. Hey, just because Bruce Campbell is actually... A perfect example. He's a ball chinian. A flaw. He's a flawless human structure. But if you press a secret switch, his chin opens up to reveal the pilot seat with a tiny <laughs> alien in it. And that alien talks to you like he does when he gives you the tutorials in the Spider-Man video games. <laughs> so here we are again. <laughs> you found the secret of my existence. <laughs> Gotta love Bruce Campbell. Um. Another standout. Oh God, Bruce of, Campbell um, will be in here somewhere as well. Another standout of, of Xena Warrior Princess, Bruce Campbell. Oh God, yeah. You can tell it's a Sam Raimi. Oh God, we, well, I mean, Lucy Lawless cameoed in Spider Man. Yep. Can we get a cameo for her in this? I hope so. <laughs> 
when the, as when, the same character as the same character the, the zombie strange yeah, here we go, yeah, yeah. and she goes Gary Gary hands. sounds hot sounds hot um, <laughs> <laughs> um, can Bruce Campbell play one of the variant strangers I'd be very happy with that Bruce Campbell can no oh, <gasps> variant ooh, Reed can um, uh, can they get uh, variant can, black bolts we didn't say a word no, uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Coombs in to to do his uh, his knockoff Doctor Strange movie that wasn't that they couldn't get the license for as a Doctor Strange variant. Uh, what was it Wait, called? What? Um, so uh, for a moment I think because it was a Doctor Strange TV film, wasn't there in the seventies? Yeah, I thought that's what you were talking but about. Charles Band tried to do one. Was this um, around the time that like David? Uh, uh, who was David Bowie's wife? Or yeah, when she got the rights to like Daredevil, and she was going to do a Daredevil movie, no, and no, she was no, going to no, star no, as Black no. Widow in the Daredevil movie, and, and this was like in the late seventies, and there was like costume, not test, but like a she did sort of like a little fashion experiment, leaning into what the costumes could be like. No, I want there was to a, say, there's a load of like unmade Marvel cinematic projects, folks, like the and they're all fascinating. Um, if I can, I'm fine. I'm trying to find it now. Uh, <laughs> Oh God! What is it? What is it called? What's it called? <laughs> Professor Weird. <laughs> it, it's, it's something weird like that. Yeah. Um, Bizarman, like MD. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> Doctor Mordred. I know that name. Doctor Mordred, <clears throat> Master of the Unknown. Oh my God! That's Doctor Strange. It is Doctor Strange. That's Doctor Strange um, minus the Tash and the Cape. So uh, it it is. It's 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 a uh, Albert and Charles band joint. They were like, okay, we want to do um, we want to do the a Doctor Strange movie, and apparently they started off with having the rights, uh, but they couldn't get, but they couldn't get, they lost the rights. <laughs> so they retooled. The wow, script. what a rollercoaster! <laughs> so, so they retooled the script, made it R rated, and yeah, it's. Jeffrey Combs is the Doctor Strange that never was. Was that him firing like tendrils out of his sleeves? Because there's a shot in the TV spot for this where Strange like seems to launch two snakes out of his sleeves toward the camera. I mean, it's got some wild shit in it. I've got to track down a copy of this at some point. Look look at that! Look at that! How cool is that? That's basically the Eye of Agamotto. Yeah, isn't it? Who is Ted Raimi going to play? Oh, I don't know. The voice of the bull thing. That's, that's a great shot. That's Doctor Strange. That's Doctor Strange. That's Doctor Strange. 1992 this, mate. 1992. Wonder is, of course, the other big attraction of this trailer. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen returning to the role. A trailer which explicitly... Like the first trailer, she mentions, you know, sort of like... Strange says, I'm not here to talk about Westview. This trailer takes us back to Westview. Yes. Uh, two wonders meeting the present day wonder seemingly envisioning or in a multi maybe in a different universe where wonder carried on puppeteering this town and was left to her own devices um we've got uh you know mention of vision like having theories on the multiverse um <clears throat> mordo up to shenanigans she would for could could tell me he's about to murder me and describe how graphically he's going to do it, and I'd just be thankful for getting to listen to him tell me a story. Mm. Actually, you could you could sort of get a version of that. You can watch the opening scene of Serenity, I guess, because like 
He, yeah. he sort of talks that guy yeah. into the fact that his death is a good death, an honourable death, while this dude is sliding down <laughs> his sword. Um, <clears throat> I'm so glad he's got a prominent role in this. I'm so glad he's got a more prominent role in this one. Because yeah. um, obviously, you know, Doctor Strange comic book fans, who are Doctor Strange's like, villains? Dormammu's the big bad, sort of, you know, for the most part. And then it's Baron Mordo. And Mordo wasn't a villain last time. He was Carl Mordo, a fellow Mordo student at Camotage, and he was a mentor for Strange. And then by the end, he's like, no, this is this fucked up, and I'm getting... Mordo Alesto. This is this fucked up, and I'm getting out of here. And the post-credits, he's like, ah, no more sorcerers, and he's stealing people's magic. Um, so I'm glad he's got more of a prominent role. Mm. America Chavez is going to be a great addition to the Marvel Universe. Uh, let's get into the speculative shit that people are talking about. Um, uh, so maybe Illuminati... Perfect Iron Man would imply there's an Iron Man around. There has been a rumour going around for the better part of the last six months that we get an Iron Man variant in this movie that is not played by Downey Jr. I don't know if I want that, though. And twice in the trailer, the main trailer, we see Wanda fighting against um, what appears to be two separate characters that are sort of like burning up with light. One of them looks vaguely Captain Marvel-esque. Maria Rambeau. But it looks like it might be Maria uh, Monica Rambeau. Yeah. So whether it that's from that universe maybe hmm. where like Westview's still around maybe she ends up getting more power and becomes that universe's Captain Marvel. Yeah. Maybe we're getting an early appearance a reappearance of that character before the Marvels after WandaVision since this film is clearly going make sense. Hey, Planet Earth. Most of you watched WandaVision, right? Of course you fucking did. Come on in. And it's like, okay. Um, and then a freeze frame on what people thought was the same character seems to reveal what looks like a male character with facial hair and mm. their face exposed, but in like a sort of a sock around with the hair out Head the top. sock, yeah. Which is what uh, Superior Iron Man looked like, period in the comics when Tony Stark was... I being don't, a fucking I don't dick, love it. and when he had his helmet like open, he had that sort of tiara and face sock on his head. Yeah, and some people have noted that he does seem to resemble in that frame by frame a certain actor who was going to play Iron Man in two thousand and eight. Iron Man, I hate it. If Paramount had, had their way, um, which is Tom Cruise. It is. Tom now Cruise. I know you say you hate it, but here's a couple things that might. One thing I think makes it worth it. If it is Tom Cruise, who is admittedly very charismatic as an on-screen actor, mm. he's not going to be domineering another movie and turning it into a Tom Cruise film. That's if, true. If he is appearing and actually, in you know one what? film in like a that'll couple be, set pieces. That'll be interesting if that is the case because I think it's been a while since we've seen Tom Cruise do something like that. The last time I can think of him Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which was fucking It also great means in. that Downey Jr.'s exit as the character of Iron Man isn't lessened because they're leaning on the fact that like Spider-Man just showed everybody, not everyone from different universes looks exactly the same in each universe. This is true. So we're getting to see a different Iron Man and the fact that it's not Downey would be erased from people's sort of nitpicking by at least being like, Oh my God, we got to see Tom Cruise play Iron Man for a film. That's kind of cool. Um, Superior Iron Man Mm. adds a bit more of a sinister edge to the character. If they're using that as a, as a basis seems they are visually at the very least based on the Ultron robots because it's basically the superior Iron Man armour with a different head and a yellow light instead of a blue one. Um, hmm. But also, because to- those who don't know, Tom Cruise was Paramount's choice for Iron Man. 
Favreau and Feige and others went, we want Downey Jr. And Paramount went, for our family movie, you want to get that guy who, like, is mostly known by the public for, like, a, you know, like, drug overdose, like, drug scandal and stuff? You really want to do that? I mean, sure, he's been in other movies over the last few years and it's cleaned up a little, but you really want to go with that guy? And they went away and had a chat with Rob and they came back and they said, right, so how much would you pay Tom Cruise? Like, 10 million? Rob's going to do it for, like, 70 grand. Which is fucking pittance for a leading man. Yeah. And Paramount went, oh god, we'll save loads of money. Yeah. Sure, fine, do it. Which is why Danny Jr. became the most highest paid actor in Hollywood after that film. Yes. Because after that, he was obviously one of the key ingredients as to why Iron Man blew up and was incredible. We've got to keep this around. Yeah. yeah Iron Man 2 was like, right, so Robert, let's talk money. 20, gra- uh, 20 million minimum, please. Yeah. Wait, what? 20 million uh, up front, please. Uh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're doing a film called Avengers. Cool. 30 million for me, please. It was like, yep. Yep, yep, fair enough, fair enough, Robert. Um, all the money. So this would be kind of cool because it's sort of touching that thing of, you know, what if? It's like, well, here you go. Here's what would have happened. Um, also, Tom Cruise has recently been working on a Mission Impossible film. It's been filming on and off for the last couple of years because of COVID like, compliancy and everything. It's taken longer to film. Yeah. During that time, he is allegedly dating one of his co-stars who is new to the Mission Impossible franchise. Do you know who that is? Yes. He's allegedly dating, or at least has been, you know, spending a lot of free time with Hayley Atwell. Atwell. The poster for Multiverse of Madness. Here we go. A movie which features, as we know now, a character from What If. Now we're getting into the weeds. Now we're getting into the weeds of the fucking uh, fan theories. Here we go. Ah, ah. But what's on the poster? What's on the poster in the shattered glass of the window of the Sanctum Sanctorum? If you zoom right in on the bottom right of the poster... This is how enthusiastic I am about this particular fan theory. If you zoom right in on the bottom right of the poster, then one of the fragments of glass reflects Captain Carter's shield. Every other fragment is reflecting a character we see in the trailer. And one of the characters we know are in it, based on the actors, there's several Benedicts, there's several Elizabeth Olsons, yeah. there's several Benedict Wongs, there's several Shuatel Ejiofors. What The only one that isn't something that we know from the film is Captain Carter's shield. So like with the Xavier tees, it's almost like they've gone, yeah, anyway, see you later. And they're not di- diving into it any more than that. They're just letting you know, yeah, <laughs> bye. And as she and Tom are dating, it might be because they've spent more time together than just working on Mission Impossible. Just spe- This is purely speculative. I mean, the shield's not speculative. There it is in the fucking poster. But, like, it, it lends more to the Tom Cruise thing. The rumours, again, abound that Krasinski, John Krasinski, would be making an appearance as Reed Richards in this film and this film alone. Have a bit more water if it's a film about multiverses and variants, because then you get to go, see everyone, we did it! Why not? He's a Reed in the Illuminati, but he's not the MCU Reed. Can we move on now? Why don't we get Ewan Gruffin? That'd be amazing. And I'm not even joking. That would be fucking great. And and he could he should play the Reed from the Tim Story movies. He should play that Reed. Because that Reed was wide-eyed and optimistic and enthusiastic so to see one of this like doom and gloom group of everything's going to shit be like no this is amazing like it's terrible but look at what's happening and be the boffin would be really charming and fun um 
maybe the debut of another character here. I mean, Namor's a member of the Illuminati in the comics. We know Namor is showing up in a movie this year. Wakanda Forever. Holy shit, he is, isn't he? So maybe we get a Namor in this. Maybe the reason some lot have been assembled is because uh, Nathaniel Richard, uh, Nathan Richards has assembled them. That's his name, isn't it? Kang? Nathan Richards? Nathaniel uh, Richards? The one of the versions yeah. of Kang is Nathaniel Maybe Richards. one of them has assembled them because Loki's when the multiverse starts to go out of control and we haven't seen the ramifications of that yet until Loki Season 2 from the TVA's point of view. Oh, God. Meanwhile, we've got two running plot threads throughout these movies. The cosmic level heroes who are dealing with bigger threats will be dealing with a multiversal thing that's going on. And your street level ground tier heroes are going to be dealing with like a Thunderbolt style team being put together by um, the Countessa. I like the idea of there not being a here's one big thread plot thread like the Infinity Saga. You're going to be dealing with like here's your cosmic big stuff and here's your on the ground little stuff. I feel like it is going to be all the plot threads, though. Maybe. But, like, I, I don't want, like, all of the upcoming movies to be dealing with multiversal shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think the idea of containing that to maybe the the characters that you would expect. Like, I don't think Thor Love and Thunder is going to deal with the multiverse at all, for example. Um, yeah. I feel it like it might touch that. on it, but it'll probably touch on it the same way Eternals did with, like, post credit scenes of, like... You know, Eternals was, oh, its own thing... And the post-credit scenes teased where things could go next, or where one character's going to go next. Yeah. I feel like Thor Love and Thunder's going to be similar, so we're not overwhelmed by just, like, multiverse, 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 blah, 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 blah. Um, hmm. Just do me a favour and don't ever let Thor and the Loki variant meet, please, guys. Like, don't need that. Don't need it. I know you guys want that, but... No, Thor's journey's undermined if he just randomly bumps into another Loki so soon. Only sickos want that. Sicko! <laughs> Speaking yes. of sickos, is it bad that I enjoyed the book of Boba Fett's finale? Is it? I loved it! Thank you. I thought it was great! Is it high art? No. Is it fun as fuck? Is, I'm, I'm sorry, it's <laughs> Star Wars high art! <laughs> no, fuck but, off! No, but a, 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 a recurring... Th- complaint about this show that we've we've touched on before that the world has been dishing out at the book of Boba Fett is oh it's just it just feels so disposable or oh it just it's like what's being it's Star Wars they gotta do some Grogu shit what's what's, why are we going with that and it's like guys it's a series of films aimed at children and the child inside us all if you're oh like Family entertainment aimed at kids, but that can be enjoyed by the family, does not have to be deep and meaningful. It's hard. The to best, look. the best stuff is a little bit, but it never forgets that you shouldn't pommel your young audience over the head with ideas that they're not going to get yet. It is harder to aim media at a younger audience nowadays because now everything's streaming. You can't throw Netflix at someone. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, everyone says, "Oh, it's for kids." Immediately, ninety percent of the people hear that go like, "It's just not for kids." No, it is. That's totally fine. Did you watch stuff when you were a kid that was just utterly fucking pointless? Yeah, some of it. Was there stuff you remember fondly and you've probably revisited since and gone, "Actually, this is really good." Of course, there was. 
Because it takes a lot to make stuff for kids. It takes a lot of hard work Star to get that Wars right. Is milk for diaper babies. You want to you want to entertain an adult um, who's like working, you know, Monday to Friday, like fucking nine to six, absolutely shattered at the end of the day. You know, they've got a brief bit of time to watch TV at like half nine before they mm. go to bed or whatever. You want to entertain them? It's great. You pick up your sniper scope of entertainment. You oh, there they are. They're sat on the couch and they're bored as fuck. Pew! Shoot them with a reality TV show. They're entertained. They're fine. They've got what they need, right? The fools. Imagine trying to snipe something that's running back and forth, hopped up on E numbers. Yeah. That's what it's like trying to make entertainment for children that hits the mark. Which it's is impossible. Why, which is why the spin was very important. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But that's why Book of Boba Fett for me has worked fine. Because it's, yes, it's been like, it, it's gone into stories about grief and loss and about. Um, you know, abandonment and finding yourself. Those are deep themes that are in there, sure. It's deep and it's real. But it's also a show where Spaceman with fun costume teaches new family how to ride speeder bikes. It's been a show where a cool-looking dude has gone looking for a little baby green dude so they, they can yes. have a cuddle. Yes. <laughs> it's been a show... Literally, yeah. It's been a show where Tamira Morrison... Rides a rancor. Like, it's... He rides the rancor, baby! In the most wonderful... Like, Dave Filoni's got a great skill of taking stuff that, on the whole, has been received negatively in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. And just doing a little something with it that makes you go, okay, fine, that's kind of cool. I have a feeling this entire sequence was him going... The Xbox Connect game was pretty awful, wasn't it? <laughs> but a Rancor rampage through Tatooine yeah. could be quite fun. Could be I'll fun. just stick Boba Fett on his back. And and then this scene was born. Um, Boba Fett, riding a Rancor. <laughs> it is just, it's grown men thro- throwing their kind of action, action figures, figures together. together. Yeah. And I, I, I'm here for it. Yeah. I love it. I don't understand what the problem is. It's, 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 it's great. Entertainment, it's fun, it's flashy, it's funny. It's 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 pure and simple entertainment. Yeah. And there's now wrong with that. There is a Does it touch to on it. deeper things? Sure. Yes, can you read deeper things into it? Absolutely you Does can. it get a little dark every now and again? Sure. But guess what? All the best shit you w- watched and read when you were kids got a bit dark every yeah. now and again. You don't think fondly on the on the frivolous you know, flowery shit. You think fondly on the stuff that scared you a little bit. Or that you thought about afterwards. Or that you had a bit of a nightmare about like a baddie from it or something. That's the shit that sticks with you. So watching Cobb Vanth get gunned down in cold blood. Like watching um, fucking Mando not being able to talk to Grogu and having to sit with that. But he's right there. He's right there. Like (laughs) watching Fennec Shand fucking hang the mare until his neck that was good. Like that stuff will stick with a small child. Like, watching it with their parents, I should fucking hope. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it will stick with them. Because, like, that's the stuff you remember. The like, spin will stick with you. If you say to somebody, oh, do you remember, um... Do you remember, like, uh, you know, uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles film? Someone who's sort of, like, no. head, someone, someone who watched it when they were a young kid or in their early teens, they'll go, not really. If you say, do you remember Bridge to Terabithia? They'll start fucking crying. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, hey, did you, uh, did you, like, uh... Did you like The Last Starfire? Yeah, it was alright. What about Return to Oz? <laughs> Fucking Return to Oz! Return oh my to god! Oz was horrifying! Like, you remember the stuff yeah, with the yeah. darker, like, elements yeah, to it. And this had plenty of those. The whole story, the conclusion of the story with the Tuscans 
was so dark and so horrible. Again, Cad Bane turns up and brings the dark. Fucking Cad Bane looking He's like... You great. know that there are thousands of kids around the world right now who've had at least one, one nightmare He's each this week. creepy. Over Cad Bane. He's a creepy dude. <laughs> Did you see <laughs> Did you see that? A brilliant interpretation. Live action interpretation of a CGI animated character. Right? Yes. Did you see the amount of complaints people saying like... Oh, like his mouth needs to be lower down. He needs more of a snap. Don't like a snap understand area. the art style. I've seen a meme going around where yeah. someone's posted that, and then they've said, "Meanwhile," and they've posted a photo of Christopher Lee as Count Dooku, and then yeah. and Christopher Lee in the stylized CGI look yeah. from Clone Wars, and be like, "Did you have a problem with? Uh, yeah, did you have a problem with works. that or the other way around?" It's like he looked the costume, the performance, oh, and the dub so by Corey Burton was fucking excellent. So good, and I love that he got again. Spoiler: If you haven't watched it, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I love that he got killed. And I love that he got killed by Boba because of something. It's the because like there are a few things, few nitpicks I have with the show overall. There is a weird nonsense of closure with the Tuscan story in a way. Yeah. But there was a there was a hint of it in that scene. Well, I think that's well, why like, you're staying on Tatooine, the, isn't it? Yeah, this series hints that Boba and Cad know each other and talks about yeah. they've obviously crossed paths before and they've taken this isn't even the first time I've taken a job from you and all see this sort of stuff. See Clone Wars for more. Yeah. But like you don't need to see it. This gives you enough no, yeah, exactly. to get the gist. But Cad Bane goes into the situation, takes the job, hears about Boba and is like, Oh yeah, I can fucking deal with this. Don't worry about it. Like yeah. when he's a young kid, I'll know him now, he's a knackered man, like I can make this work, it'll be fine. And then how does Boba fucking get one up over Cab and it looks like Boba's about to be executed, like shot executioner style by Cad Bane. He fucking kills him with his Tuscan with a weapon. stick. Twats him over and then stabs him through the gut. Yeah. And it's like, that was the, that was the sliver of closure for the Tuscan thing, this series. Um, when, although it would have been nice if Boba got to exact some vengeance on the Pike Syndicate after finding out that they were the ones who killed the Tuscans. I think he already knew that in a way. But it's it's the fact that he was he he was influenced to kill the biker gang mm. by them. So he was used. He was a pawn. Yeah. And it would have been nice if he it felt weird that it was Fennec who randomly goes to the meeting spot afterwards. It's like, where were you for the whole fight? <laughs> like, where were you? Just going over there and then waiting for the fight to finish. Well that's the thing. If they For them all to gather I guess she was waiting for them all to gather. Yeah, because she could take them out in one spot. Be- because if she waits until they've done it until they they've won the fight it gives them time to run away. True. If she goes there while they're fighting. Yeah, I mean, just just kill all of them. Knock the head of the Pike Syndicate the fuck out. Have him wake up in Jabba's palace and have Boba just fucking kick him into the Rancor pit. You know what I mean? Just so, just so Boba can have that moment of, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but, I feel like... that being said, her taking them out was like, oh my god. It does seem to imply that Boba and Fennec are not going to stick around. Or at least Fennec isn't. Maybe yeah. she might. She might spread her wings. Um, the gang, yeah, the, the biker gang. I've not had the same problems others have had with them. I like the biker gang. I'm but fine. yeah, they were a bit pointless by the end of it. They were just, they were just there. Yeah. Just um, I and I'm, I find it really weird. I don't know if that actor. I can't remember her name, but the one who plays the the, the member with the 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 bionic. Oh arm. yeah. Yeah. Um, the the one who looks like she's jumped out of a Blade Runner movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know if she is British or if she's putting on the accent. Let's find out. But it's very, like... Do you remember we had a theory ages ago that all of the leads in the the new Star Wars stuff and the Disney-era Star Wars stuff seem to be someone's type? Like, either Kathleen Kennedy... <laughs> would you know what I mean? Like either Kathleen Kennedy or, or, or Bob Iger or someone yeah, right. has a type, and that type is 
you know, um, like five foot four, very posh British brunette. Yeah. Um, regardless of what the role is, whether the role needs a bit more of a rough and tumble signifier, like Ray, you can kind of buy it because she's sort of like, she has to be sort of a vanilla template in some way with a wide-eyed, like, you know, enjoyment of this universe and, and a, a respect for the legends of, that have come before her and everything. And you're meant to sort of see that, see it through Ray's eyes and then her character, her, more, her identity solidifies itself more as that trilogy goes on. Mm. But, like, Ray is certain height, certain body type, yeah. certain voice, certain yeah. hair. Then we cut to Rogue One. Yeah. Where, um... Oh, my God! Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones, what's she called? Oh, no! I'm having a oh, moment. Jin Erso. Jin Erso yeah. is a uh, daughter of someone who was, like, an imperial planner ruler. Went, like, nope, this is wrong, and left to go on the run. So they're, like, in the arse end of nowhere. And, like, I can't remember her mum's accent, but it's not, like, Queen's English. And, like, her dad's Mads Mickelson. But she grows up to be certain height, certain mm. body type, certain hair, very posh English voice. That's what rebels, rebels do, isn't it? I rebel. And it's like, as a signifier, a less stereotypically RP voice would have sort of lent a lot more to this character. That's not a dig at Felicity Jones, but it's just sort of like, you think somewhere along the line they would have been like, can we lean a little more on a southern English accent or a northern English accent? Just something, or just have you be a bit more sort of I don't know, uh, spiteful in your delivery of something, sort of hit the harsher tones of your voice a little more. Because mm. then it sort of shows that she's this smuggler, this criminal, like a, more of an artful dodger kind of character. Yeah, yeah. And instead, no. Then we meet, I can't even remember the character's name now, but Amelia Clark's character. Kira. Kira in Solo. She goes through a couple different hairstyles. But one is brunette. Mm-hmm. She's a certain height, certain body yeah. type. She talks in a posh English accent. Yeah. And it's like, Someone's got a type in the casting pool or on the executive producer level. And then we come to Book of Boba Fett and we get Sophie Thatcher. Sophie Thatcher, who now flaming red dyed hair, mm-hmm. certain height, yeah. certain body type, posh English accent. Is is she English? I can't, I can't, I can't tell. Her IMDb page just gives me her full name and nothing else. Ah. Sophie Thatcher was born as Sophie Bathsheba Thatcher. Okay. Witch's name. And that's it. That's literally all it says. So, possibly, but possibly not. It it feels put upon. So either that's not her natural voice and she's really leaning into it and none of the American crew directors or whatever have gone, mm, that's a little much. Maybe she, peel back on it. I, I doubt it because she's been in a lot of like American TV stuff. Okay, so she's possibly American probably or Canadian. Probably American. Um, yeah, it felt very pantomime, for lack of a more accurate description. Um... Which is a shame. She, yeah, the fo- performance was fun. She and the other guy who got a load of flack on Twitter for doing his little twirl before shooting. But do you know what? Fuck it. Why not? Why not? It looks cool as shit. Because you know that kids running around pretending to be cool cool cyborg people on yeah. Tatooine are going to be doing like twirls with the guns and they're playing, and all, you know. It's also a good thing to sort of rehabilitate um, Star Wars' relationship to prosthetics as being like something that dehumanises you. It's like to having a bunch of characters with prosthetics. That, yeah, like that, it, that. it's it's seen that the cy the cyborg thing yeah. is still seen as like a thing that has to be done on hush hush you know hush hush and off the grid. But then you have these characters who are like outcasts from society who feel that they have to like make a point. 
like they, they stand out by wearing like really really fucking like ref, you know like posh and 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 slick clothes like not a scrap of dirt on them like they stand out on Tatooine because yeah. they look at, they look fresh out of the box their vehicles are painted up like nothing else on Tatooine that's their way of standing out and trying to make a statement and then they help save the day yeah yeah it's like uh, did it, they, it's yeah it's, it's a good thing perfectly done um Cobb Vanth of course is now going to become partially cybernetic same as Fennec yeah turns out he's alive um what was the mid credit scene that was it that was that was the post credit yeah yeah. um Grogu chose Mando Grogu chose we knew he was gonna well good because that means he doesn't die in Luke's Jedi training academy Kylo Ren doesn't cut him up at any point he he woke up this morning and he chose violence um (laughs) he woke up this morning and he chose chainmail chainmail um I thought the rickshaw was cute. I love that, again, Filoni likes to recontextualise stuff that yep. people didn't like before. We now have um, the pit droids. I find them so adorable. They're man. really good. I just, just let them hang out with Amy Sedaris all day. And oh, I think this is a typical case of, let's cast Amy Sedaris for this small part in the first season. Yeah. Oh, she was a blast. Let's get her back. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then just letting her do more and more and more and more. Yeah. And she's um, clearly having a whale of a fucking time. Um... Speaking of whales, the beast himself, uh, Black Crescenton. Oh, hell. Oh, I was so glad he didn't go down. I was like, are they going to kill him off? Are they going to kill him? Nope. Nope. No, he's fine. Little well, he's not fine. He's, well, he's been through the fucking wars. By the end of it, he's fine. He's like, give me, give me that fucking fruit. Fights off those just hordes of Trandoshans. The bit where he flings one, uh, where he flings one of the pikes yeah. over his shoulder and before the guy even hits the ground, shoots him with his bowcaster. Yeah, was so like. That's not even a bowcaster. That's just a straight up cannon. It is, isn't it? It was. It was like. <laughs> it's like last year they gave us Captain Carter flipping a Nazi Hydra soldier over her head and kicking them in yeah. midair. This year they gave us that. So it's like, is this like a Disney Plus joke? Are all the originals gonna have a shot where someone throws somebody and then hits them before they hit the ground? I don't know, but I want more black something. So do I. Um, Mando, yay. <sighs> Mando and Grogu's reunion. Yay. Uh, brief little bit of Matt Berry. Yay. The fucking... <laughs> the, the major domo for the mayor. Oh, he's that was the be- That was the best scene. The best scene in the episode. The best scene was him being like, I uh, studied negotiation on Coruscant. I know, I know. I'm not saying I'm better than everybody. Yeah. But, um, I could... Pa- I could I could name? pass this um, in a way where basically we'll get away with... We'll be able to leave uh, with just a minor, tiny bit of groveling. Um, uh, David so, Pescesi. David Pescesi. Um, and then Boba like takes the tablet, writes his statement, hands it to him. And then the moment he was like, now go, go, before I change my mind. I was yeah. like, he's written something that the, the, the Major Topo is going to something hate. horrible. It's so well played. It's the fact that he gets to it and then tries to just renegotiate. And the dude's like, read what it says. Uh... <laughs> Nothing. Uh, gonna kill you all. Uh, Soak the blood of Tatooine with your with your people. It's like oh fucking hell. Din and um, Boba on the jetpacks. Yeah, nice. Back to back Boba badasses. using every fucking feature that fans have been told. Knee rockets, in including the knee rockets. Knee rockets. The fucking rocket park. Everything. It was just it was lovely to see. And then him riding the goddamn Rancor, proving that in the weeks since we last saw him with the Rancor, he's been hanging out with it. Yeah, he's ridden it. He's been feeding it. 
He's, he's done everything Jabba never would have bothered to do because obviously yeah. he couldn't get off his fat slug ass. Well, yeah, well, that's the, what makes him a better leader than Jabba. He's actually, he will actually lead from the front. <laughs> but that was great. The Rancor was fantastic. Fighting the droids. Again, the, the droids were these basically artillery tanks, but with a little bit of, hey, do you guys kind of remember the Baldroid, the spinning yeah, Baldroid? Yeah, yeah. It's going to have similar shields. It was like, okay. A lot, of, right. a lot of the Terminator in them as well, like the Future War Terminator stuff. I was thinking yeah. that. I was thinking. Um, the, the big fucker from Robocop. Yeah. Stop motion boy. Um, We're watching it in Keith Fast if, if we thought they could go upstairs. Hey. <laughs> hey. If the Daleks can go upstairs. Ed 209 can't. That's true. That's very true. Falls, off, falls on Ed, his back and just sort of... Ed 30 totally would have been able to. Ed 30. If they made it that far. <laughs> that would, it would have been Ed 210. No, you just have a stairlift attachment. <laughs> In every staircase, it just sort of clicked one of its legs, bundled it to a ball, and get carried up the stairs and then come back out again. Elevate. Um, <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. Uh, What's not to enjoy? It was great I, fun. I do. I do wonder how canonically you follow this up because there will be people who don't watch this. It's just not as forced. I, I honestly who think... watch the Mandalorian, who are going to start oh. series three of the Mandalorian and go, wait, what's that? No, obviously they'll have a recap, but it's a bit like. Wait, what's happened? S- something, a significant development in the Mando storyline happened in this. It's Mando season 2.5. Like, it, it, is, that's, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I hope I hope that what Disney does is, Disney Plus has done this a few times, is when Mandalorian series 3 shows up this yeah. December, that they do one of those little playlists on the Star Wars oh, yeah, page. It's totally like well. Man- the Mandalorian and Grogu. And it's like, Mando series 1, Mando series 2, Book of Boba Fett. Mando series. Do you know what I mean? Just, I, just I put it in a little playlist so that anyone who's a bit like, wait, what's happened? Look, can looking at find it. how it's structured, I honestly think that they had an idea that this was going to be like a subplot or one of the main plots in season three of Mando and they liked it so much they spun it out into a series. Maybe. Because I, I, I feel like otherwise it wouldn't make sense to have two episodes of just the Mandalorian in the middle of it. Alternate take? I think... Um, I think that this was not going to be in Mando Series 3 because there wasn't going to be a Mando Series 3. Okay. I think they were going to leave the Grogu Mando story where it was. But then they had a whole show go free when they realised they're not putting together the Cara Dune one. So they went, oh, fuck it, we'll do a third series of Mandalorian. And then they've made this as a bridge. Mm. So that each December is another part of this story. Yeah. Uh, or perhaps they were going to always do this in this series, and this would have been the the little PS for Mando, Mando and Grogu. I don't know. I feel like why wouldn't he have done a Mando season three? Well, just because of how many fucking shows they've commissioned now for Star. Because we've not hit that point yet, have we? We've not hit the point. We've, we've done it with Marvel. We had a whole year where we had um, five shows yeah. over the course of the year. Yeah, yeah. And and. We know that we're starting to get that much with Star. It's one of the reasons why yeah, I'm not. In May, I'm not as uh, your May twenty second. I think so. We're getting Obi Wan. Ba- bad batch and, on May the fourth. Uh, well, I need to get. Um, I'm I'm watching Clone Wars at the moment, so I need same. to watch all of that. I I'm not too. I think it's a bit egregious how much it's gone up by, but I'm not too fussed by the idea of Disney Plus going up a little bit on the yearly subscription. Uh, purely on the basis of like looking at the fucking. It was always going to happen. It was always going to happen, but like it, it shouldn't jump up twenty thirty quid. Like that's mad. It yeah. should it should be more gradual. Um, but also, I think a lot of people are forgetting that 
they probably bought their first year during the discount period, so it will always feel like it's going up. Because I think I, I think I bought a year for like yeah, forty five ninety nine or something. Yeah, and it's meant to be like you know forty nine ninety nine, fifty five ninety nine or whatever. Um, but you know it's the price <clears> of a couple of DVDs really, like for oh my, like what four DVDs at the minute. Three accounts are being used. Like I can't yeah. not when you split it up that way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You split about a year's subscription for, was it, 70 quid. You split it up that way. It's like, that's not bad, really. No. And again, looking at the slate of what's about to come out. Yeah. Like I, we, I think it's one of the best... In terms of... Because <clears throat> um, like, we're still getting like three Marvel series this year alongside at least three Star Wars shows. And that's just the Star Wars and Marvel shit. That's not counting on like... You know, stuff like Encanto getting near cinematic date releases and the stuff that Nat yeah. Geo's doing. The National Geographic programs there have been incredible. They've been so good. Um, so, yeah. And, and Star, like the amount of stuff that Star's opened up. If it me, if we get confirmation soon that the Netflix shows are moving to the Star feature on Disney+, Plus, then I'll be like, fine, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll I, pay this because I'd have to pay more than this to get the Blu-rays yeah. of those shows that I want to keep them from my collection. I find it hard to believe that they won't. I need it, man. If not immediately, there might have to be like a cooling off period from between them coming off Netflix and going on to start. Put a statement out there and just but be like, they will find yeah, a new no, home. Hi, Disney Plus here. They will find a yeah. home. It, Don't it, you it worry. Makes, it makes sense. Of course, watch them put it on Hulu and then not bring it over out over it. But that's the thing, if they put it on Star and it does well, oh, Daredevil Series 4 might actually happen. Yes. Because then they'll be like, they'll, it won't be like, we'll do it immediately. It'll be like, let's see how it does numbers-wise when it arrives. Because we know it's not going to do the numbers of a brand new Disney Plus show because people will have watched it before. But let's see. Yep. Oh, look. There's a big fucking spike in all these shows. So, Charlie, what's your schedule yeah, looking like? Yeah, yeah. Hey, well. Vincent. Vincent, don't work out for a couple months. Okay. <laughs> let's do this. Shave your head, Vincent. Let's okay. Go. Deborah, how you doing? Don't cry, it's good news, it's good news. I can't help it, it's just my natural state. <laughs> I've been keeping the tears running and warm up just in case just, you need a Karen just, Page. Just constantly crying. <laughs> she just oh, oh, looks like she's on the verge of crying. She's the, the wateriest eyes I've ever seen her woman. She's really good in that show. She's right? very good in that show. So yeah. good in that show. Yeah, especially in season three. Um, oh, God, yeah. Uh, so, that's it for the newsy news this week. That's it. That's it for the newsy news. Uh, next week... Let's go for the boozy booze. Uh, unless there's any big pop culture story we really need to touch on between now and next week. We've got some business to finish. We have. Next week, our X-Men retrospective concludes with the Dark Phoenix movie. Uh, X-Men 3, 2. <laughs> X-Men 3 again. X-Men 3 again. A film that Mayhew has seen once... And I, I have seen it once. I have never seen the final canonical Fox Universe X Men movie. The final countdown. The New Mutants. The New Mutants. Starring, the old ones. Starring Anya Taylor Joy. The new ones. And Maisie other Williams people. and other people looking weirdly mm. younger than you think they would until you remember the film should have been released five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um. Like, Anya Taylor-Joy's eyes are only, like, half their size in this compared uh, to how they are now. Now they're the size of small plates. 
Maisie Williams, Annie Taylor-Joy, Charlie Heaton, Alice Braga, Blue Hunt, Henry Zaga. Yeah. Other people. Those people. Um, so if you want to predict or send in your reviews, see if they match up with ours uh, for those movies, now's your chance. It's the last part of that series, Long Overdube. So you can email us, bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Uh, you can also, and I... I believe this is. Let me just check for legality reasons. Yes, we are on Twitter at Big Damn Cast. That is indeed a thing that we are doing. You can also keep the lights on around these birds. Patreon.com slash Big Damn Cast. Uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you're on Twitch, give Big Damn Stream a follow for sporadic strayhams. Uh, but before we go, yeah, two hundred ninety-five down. Five to go. Maths is fun. Tick. Talk, tick, talk, tick, talk. Oh, fucking crocodiles in here. How'd it get in here? Go away. Tick, talk. <laughs>